0: Product Coffee, a podcast where product management leaders share stories, advice, and thoughts on all things product over a cup of coffee. Grab a cup of joe and join us to level up your product career 30 minutes at a time. All right, welcome to Product Coffee. Um, I'm Kevin Gentry, and I'm joined by Lou and we're going to be talking about product frameworks So Lou question for you, do you like product frameworks? What kind of product frameworks have you
1: used in the past? I don't like product frameworks at all. Honestly, I I think, I think product frameworks are designed. Well, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to back up. There are things that I like about them and things that I don't. What I do like about product frameworks is that they're a teaching tool for people who are not well accustomed to product management. However, that is kind of the extent of it for me because in a framework, it also robs you of creativity because you're trying to apply the framework. And I think that as you get further down the product management lifecycle, you realize that frameworks have their time and place, but over-reliance on them is not set up for, for proper use. <laughs> I'm kind of curious your thoughts, Kevin. Yeah, no, no. i came up great, with the idea for today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a great point. I, um, so yeah, I've been in a lot of interviews lately and, and that was one of the questions that came up like what product fr- management frameworks, excuse me, do you use? And I'm like, uh, well, <laughs> uh, I, don't I don't know if we could put a name on it <laughs> uh i what I do like from the frameworks is just that different way of thinking um that that encourages that different way of thinking that that maybe you're not as accustomed to um so that's something I do like about them, but I don't ever stick to them um like to the T, right, which is what they're intended for i I kind of like to take bits and pieces and and you know like again, if oh, I didn't think about the problem that way or I didn't even think about the way to frame the customer situation that way. And maybe that aids in some of the uh, discovery methods that I'm working on. So I think there is some value to, to know what they are and know how people use them, but in terms of implementing them to the T, like you said, (laughs) I think it robs creativity. Yeah.
1: Well, I think it's kind of like one of those things it's like, what's the issue that you're trying to solve with the framework? Like let's back up to that, to that question. Right. And generally speaking, frameworks, documents, and things that companies create are generally designed because people have a, are missing a step in the process that they're not doing intuitively, right? We create a framework document to think about your job, to think about your career progression. We create framework documents for just about everything. And they do serve a purpose, right? They, they take away ambiguity, if you're not familiar with the particular area that you need to be in, which is fine. Um, but I think that's the core problem is like, you know, why don't we take a step back? Like with the product management framework, what is it you're trying to solve? And, you know, what are we kind of hoping as maybe product leaders to do with you by giving the the, the framework?
0: Yeah, I think the, so, so what I've been coming up recently with the interview process is just, I think what folks are looking for as they interview, and I didn't do this as much when I was in the interview, like on the other side of the process, actually interviewing the candidates, but now being a candidate again, I feel that it's interesting that they're asking these questions. They're kind of looking for this knowledge or or at least this like basic knowledge as a product manager to know. Um, and, And so I think how to crack the PM interview is a great book. Um, and they mentioned like the Google's process and I've been through the Google interview process as well. And they kind of lean on that circles framework is one of their, at least they used to when I was interviewing as one of the main tenants to, to, to develop good product, uh, uh, strategy and execution. But I, I just wonder, but like you said, um, is that the right way to think about this? Like, how could you demonstrate your product skills without the framework in mind?
1: Well, I think it kind of all frameworks seem to share common threads. Right. And I think let's, we can break them into a few things. Let's imagine it's like a pro like a most standard, like circles is a great example, right? Circles. um, What there's the R one. There's a handful of others almost all of them seem to try to create reminders for you of, did you do this? Right. And so I think that's a great point. Yeah. I think when I'm like, so when I'm, I was thinking about how to bring on um, new PM recently and you know, what, what is it the, what's the framework that like, I want to teach her, right. What's the process that I can give them. And, you know, I was trying to say, all right, well, let's imagine that you are coming up with an initiative. What are the steps that I need to do on this initiative in order to get it ready for engineering, right? And in that particular case, what I came up with was, well, it's different for every initiative. Like the same process doesn't apply. But one thing I did think about is scope. Like, and I've mentioned it a few times, right? What is the size of what you're working on? And then that kind of can help you pick how much diligence to put into that initiative. Um, you know, cause that's, I think the one piece is that frameworks, and I'm not, sh- I'm kind of curious your thought on this, Kevin, but it seems like frameworks, if you're following them to a T add unnecessary overhead.
0: I agree with you fall into a T um, what I do like, and then I mentioned this too in, in the past, but creative bounds. So, so I think it's super important to, to set some boundaries to the creativity because I think that promotes even greater creativity in some instances. So if you do have some of these, like you mentioned scope as a limitation or a boundary, that's still giving them something to kind of ideate within that pushes them um, outside and, you know, it, more of this uh, uh, removing the scatterbrain approach to more of a focused creativity. I do like yeah. that. So, so if there are those things where, you know, from the top down, bottom up approach so the, the business should be giving you those kind of top customer problems at the highest level um, in some bounds. Like it needs to be done in this year, for instance, or we need to make this progress um, and, and give a metric and what they want to achieve. Like you're giving them something to work within, but then you're, you're giving them the autonomy or empowering the team to go and execute on that. Yeah. However, they see fit. So there isn't a prescription for a framework, but you do have these bounds and requirements that you have to meet. And I think that's true with most of all the product decisions
1: you make, but I think, yeah, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. Like you do have to add some, you have to add some level of enclosure around things that are going on for sure. And I think let's, if I kind of think about circles and a handful of things, you know, if I, were, if I were maybe new to the space, it would be kind of saying, oh, yeah, I came up with a design. Maybe I should get user research for this and remind myself that that's constantly a step that I need to take. And that's actually a really good practice that I would suggest for people who are new to this space is follow the frameworks because it's going to help you. It's going to, frankly, <laughs> up level your abilities because you're going to look at something and go, oh, yeah, I should probably do that. I think the further down the line you get, you're going to start asking your questions of, oh, maybe do I need this on this particular part? Is this story something that I want to spend the time pursuing that particular bit of research on? Or is this something that I can, you know, make a a quicker decision on based on just factual evidence? I think there's kind of different pieces that you'll want to do. I think as I've kind of said there a PM's process should basically be what's the problem I'm trying to solve? Is it the right problem? Do my designs accurately solve that problem? And however you figure that out, it can be user research. It can be intuitive testing. It can be split testing. It can be anything in the world that you dream of to solve that problem. And then ultimately, level of effort, value, and impact Make your gut call for a mayor, really?
0: Yeah, I, I like that. Right problem, right solution, and then then done right, right?
1: Yep.
0: So, yeah, if that's our. Hey,
1: look, we've just come up with a framework.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and that, that, that's totally right. I, I think that's the right approach. But then all of these frameworks are, are just ways and maybe ideas to exercise that, maybe to get your head out of the the trap that product managers get into where they think they're the customer, um, right. To, to, to really get out of that mindset. Some, and sometimes and say, well, you know, is this the right problem? Can I, how can I validate and how can I leverage um, the, the tools and processes some frameworks deliver to uh, um, validate the right problem or or right solution? Um, Which kind of gets into,
1: yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say that kind of gets into the, okay. So let's imagine you got to make a decision on the fly, right? the one thing that frameworks actually struggle with is how to manage ambiguity. And right. Let's say you've got to make a decision on the fly with relatively minimal evidence, you know, how do we take the framework approach to that? Cause you're not going to be able to check all the boxes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that that's where I do like studying and reading up on these things to understand what they are, why these things were created and how they were implemented. So you you just kind of level up your toolkit, right? Yeah. I think of it like a Swiss Army knife, a product manager's a Swiss Army knife, they can pull out any specific thing at any time. So the more you kind of learn and understand the basics, the 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 more you can actually apply those when gut and and decision needs to happen fast. Right. Yeah. Um so so I'm curious like is there was there a specific framework that you've leveraged in the past or, or tried out or, you know, um, or has it always been sort of just a student of, you know, just learning these and applying different pieces of it?
1: I'm going to kind of take the latter approach. I've read a good chunk about pretty much anyone that you can think of, right? There's the military one about kind of reacting, about constantly reacting and progressing iteratively. There's circles. There's uh, I've read kind of tons of processes around them. And to me, like, I think when I read them, I take a step back and I kind of try to say, what is this framework trying to tell me to do that is different than all of the other frameworks? And almost all of them have some level of, you know, like they're they have a focused context, but they all have kind of the same theme, right? And it's kind of like the three things we just talked about, right? It's the problem and solution, it's the problem and solution, and you know the implementation. And in right, some problem, way,
0: right? Solution done right.
1: Done right. There we go. Is that yeah? We're gonna we're gonna have to trademark that for the. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm sure someone has used this in the past, but yeah. yeah, and
1: and I think it's just kind of to that level where like it said different situations require different things. And that's how I've tried to explain it to the PMs on our team, right? If you were going to make a gut call about adding dark mode to your to your thing, go out and read a few articles about accessibility and call it good, right? Like and as long as the level of effort's not huge and you're not displacing something with bigger impact, you know, prioritize something like that. That's that's a great
0: call. That's a good example of how we could apply this. So if there is some decision like that, that um, like, yeah, what's the right level of user research that you need to do to feel confident? I mean, we kind of touched on this in the, in the last uh, episode, but there's, there's a right time for the right uh, framework. Right. Yeah. Uh, or, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. I'm curious to see. So, so, you mentioned, um, a couple of different ones, uh, you know, circles, um, and you said R one in the military style. Is there any others that you can, um, speak to at a high level for folks to, to drill in? I'll, I'll provide a couple examples myself, but I think that the Amazon kind of the press release model was one, um, the Spotify, the experimentation. I really enjoyed that one. Um, I love experimenting and getting stuff done fast. Um, or learning fast, right. So it helps you to validate those problems quickly. So there are bits and tools that I use from that, but I do like uh, painting that um, kind of vision of the future with the press release on the Amazon side of things. Um, but yeah, any
1: others that you've kind of, I mean, there's um, the leveraged bits and pieces of I've heard there's, there's one, like the hero's journey, um, which is kind of like a storytelling framework. And that kind of like, you know, discusses a whole process of, you know, plot line and how you can kind of use that to tell stories. I, I actually like that because any presentation pitch thing that you give, we should be teaching people to tell stories, right? Like a story has a character. It has beginning, a middle, and an end. And I always say that the best pitches are ones where you can guess the conclusion on the first slide. So that's – um You know, (laughs) (laughs) coming from the pitch master general over here. (laughs) Yeah, well, that was the that was the winning step for any pitch competition. Is you want to start off your your presentation with such a bang that people can already guess that you're asking them for money, right? Like you you want to get to that point where they're going, oh my gosh, wow, what you're we already know how this is going. We know where we're going to build to. And as you drop that lever on every bit of detail and research and things that you have, you're adding and building to this story. I, I think that's like the most important one is, and I don't think that's a framework. I think that's just a telling PMs to become good storytellers.
0: Yeah. And it's some. it's a skill you gain over time too. So it's, it don't get discouraged if you haven't, if you're listening, you haven't kind of applied some of these, or been able to be in these situations where you've applied some of these techniques or storytelling. But uh, try to try to practice. Try to get out in front of people as much as possible. I think, and, and do these. Um, do these kind of wide swings and 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 just grow your skill because I think that, like Lou, what you're saying is is you know is this is kind of like an acquired skill over time that as you start um, taking pieces of things as you experiment as you actually practice um, you just grow and get better and better at it.
1: Yeah, I think it's like uh, as you kind of said, it's a muscle that is flexed and strengthened over time, right? And you'll probably in your early days, you know, lean in on the framework to solve the knowledge gap that you don't have. But I think for me, the reason why I said, I I don't particularly like them is I want to train people to fill that knowledge gap, not just give them a framework and say, Hey, I hope this does it for you. Right? Like I can't tell somebody, Oh, by the way, um, here's a framework for how to approach a grooming session, and that'll do it. But the questions they're going to get asked, you can't anticipate every one of them. So, you know, you want to train the skill, train the, you know, the doing part of it rather than just the, you know, all right, here, read this and you should be fine.
0: Yeah. And that's the um, curiosity is such a great skill to have in this role because. Um, well, early on in my career, um, I was just told from one of my, uh, managers was, um, if you, if you can't find it on Google, then you can come to me. Yeah. <laughs> so for most of these, it, it's accessible. You can go do the research and find, and in, in that process, you could learn, um, some of the good ways to go and find this knowledge, which is great. So if you, if you don't know what a grooming session is, Google, <laughs> if you don't know how to act in these situations.
1: Can, yeah. Maybe, maybe even taking a step further back is would you kind of agree that the goal of the framework is to kind of answer the question of what do I do when this situation happens? Right. Like at the end of the day, it's, what do I do? I've done my research now. What, right. What do, and I think that what do I do question the further on in your career, naturally you're going to have that instinct you know, yeah, because you've been through it. You've been through yeah. it so many
0: times that you know what's coming next.
1: Yeah. Oh, I I've think seen you it have to. You're early,
0: yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then I think, but early on in your career, you have to be okay with ambiguity. You have to be, and you have to learn how to manage it, right? So and yeah. know that you know each step a, a, around the process that you're growing that extra muscle, that skill.
1: Right. And but that actually kind of even gets to another point, which is the. It doesn't make up for the doing, right? The framework does not make up for the doing, right? It doesn't make up for the did, your framework can tell you to conduct your research, but unless you conduct the research, you're not you're not doing the the doing part of it, right? And that's the other part I would lean in on is I've actually seen in the past, I've seen people use frameworks and then not really back up and do the work that the framework suggested. <laughs>
0: Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. I think, um, <clears throat> yeah, I wonder, I think, so, so if you're a new product manager, kind of listen to this or aspiring, then I think it's good to understand at a high level what the most successful companies are doing in terms of frameworks, just to, just to understand their process. Cause I think in some early stages of your career, you are trying to figure out what to do. There isn't like a product, um, well, there is more product courses and I think there's actually more degrees in this now than there were when we started. But um, there isn't kind of a blueprint to some of these things that we we manage on a day-to-day basis. I think there's a lot of um, attempts to create those and that's what frameworks essentially are. But um, I think, you know, being a good student at a high level and understanding reading an article about them and how they worked and applied, um, but then practicing your own and and, and don't, don't get into that paralysis analysis with the frameworks. Don't get a framework paralysis from just stopping there. You got to do the work. You have to actually round it out and fill it out.
1: Perfect. Well, that um, seems like a solid bit of lasting <laughs> advice there, Kevin.
0: Yeah. Anything, uh, any homework you want to give to our, our uh, listeners before we jump off?
1: I think when you're looking at a framework, ask yourself, what is this framework? Why am I looking at this framework in the first place? Take a step back. And at the end of the day, just remember to actually execute on what you're trying to do. Um, No framework. A framework can give you all of the tools to make a decision. But at the end of the day, you're still going to have to make it.
0: I like that. Yeah, and then be curious and, and, and learn for yourself, find out, um, and, and be a student of these, but not necessarily beholden to them. Um, but great. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, rate, review us, and subscribe on all the platforms. And it uh, looks like we finished up our coffee, so go level up.